Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where all that the Catholic Church believes and teaches is served fresh daily. So come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzymski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe, Sitting here with Tom Dorian. Yes, sir. Tom, you doing okay? I'm doing well, and you? I, you know what? I'm doing fantastic. Good. You uh, look good. And and you know, I today I thought we'd talk about something interesting. I'm always. They're uh, all interesting, Deacon. Jeff. Sometimes they are always I'm speaking interesting for all the listenership out there. You're such a good they man. They love Deacon. You Jeff. think so positively. That's what I like about you. I Tom. see everything in, with rose-colored glasses, and that's beautiful. It is beautiful. That's he why actually you got me on is. Your team. He is actually wearing rose-colored glasses, <laughs> so that's why you see everything through rose. But they look good Something on wrong you. Wrong with that boy. That's exactly right. That's okay. But that's a whole other show. Yes. Today we're going to talk about Jesus. All right. And that's always a good. Thing that is to do. an interesting topic. Right? Does that surprise you that we How talk about Jesus? Yes, I think it's great. Think of the odds. And you know, I was actually thinking about. Um, you know, we always look. Sometimes we we get quiet. And we start to think about our life and uh, mm-hmm. the things that happened in the past. And I was actually thinking about a connection between the past, but then also in the present. And I look at the world t- today, mm-hmm. and I see lots of problems. In fact, we've done a show just recently. We did one that's all listing all these different problems that the world's going through. Right? But it's very apparent right. that the world needs a Savior, that the world needs Jesus. Oh, yeah. Right, and 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 that's our task in this modern world is to is to bring Jesus, to, you know, to these people. But what's amazing to me is I was starting to think about the past, and I was thinking about a friend uh, that I had at a special time in my life when I was sort of reconciling myself to the church, where I was kind of I'd fallen away, but I was starting to realize that there was a hole in my heart, and there was a need that I had, and that need could only be filled by Jesus Christ. And that, right. that was an important part or time in my life. Mm-hmm. And I think also God put people in my path, I think, that um, needed to hear that same thing. Right. And I remember having a conversation with a young lady that I was working with, and I remember talking to her um, for, it seemed like, an hour and a half or two hours in the parking lot. You know how you leave work? Oh, yeah. And, you, and you're saying, oh, and by the way, and then you end up standing there with your keys in your hand and all your papers that you're getting ready to throw down the seat of the car, and you will stand there for an hour and a half oh, yeah. without putting it down. Done because it if you put times. it down, then you commit yourself to a long conversation. Right. And yet you still have a long conversation because it was necessary, right? right. And it wasn't that I was preaching to her, mm-hmm. but it was interesting to me that she was actually considering becoming Catholic because she was getting ready to get married to a young Catholic man. Mm-hmm. And she was talking to me about Catholicism. And then she basically let me know that she said, well, you know, I believe that Jesus was a good person. Uh Oh, well, and I'm thinking, wait a second. Now I respect everyone's belief and yeah. I respected her. And even I was struggling with my faith to some degree, but even I knew that Jesus was God, yeah. that Jesus is God right. and that Jesus will always be God. Yeah. Right. Hebrews, you know, the, the writer to, to the, the Hebrews says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. So I, I, even I knew that mm-hmm. Jesus has been around forever mm-hmm. and that he is God. Right. And she didn't. Exactly. And so it was just interesting that there's a lot of people that go through the world that see Jesus as like a friend, as a buddy, as a pal. Yeah. As, as someone who, you know, I can go to because... In his humanity, he understands me and understands what I'm going through. Right. And yet they, they fail to see that, that connection. And there's a little more to him. That's right. Exactly. Just a little. Not way, much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As you, <laughs> way more, obviously. Exactly. Right? Right. That, that Jesus is fully God, 
as well as fully human. Right. And that's hard to grapple with, but unfortunately so many people have a, they, they have a challenge in life. And, and when things are, like, really hard, have you ever gotten to the point, Tom, where you just wanted to say, you know what, I just don't think I can conquer that. I'm just going to kind of give in or I'm going to stop trying. Mm-hmm. You know, we see people who have failed marriages because they, they run into some rough spots and they go, well, I just give up. Yeah. Right. Or we have a difficult task to accomplish. We we start projects in our home that need to be finished and, you know, installing this. What it's like, I, I, I just I'm not I'm giving up. Right. Right. And sometimes when we have these great big theological important discussions in our life, at some point in time, it gets just gets too much for us. And mm-hmm. we just kind of give up. And I think a lot of people in this contemplation of Christ as divine mm-hmm. and Christ as human, mm-hmm. I think a lot of people give up. Yeah. I mean, you ever felt like too much? Up? It's just too much. Well, it can be. Although at the same time, there's there's some great joy to, and comfort in me knowing that I don't have to solve all the world's problems and issues. Right. That that's his task. Right. And his job. So I like that part. But this particular girl was saying, well, you know, I think there's things we can learn from Jesus. So it's okay to read the Bible. That's good. And and so that part was good. Um, yeah. But I shared some Bible verses with her. Mm-hmm. And I'm not one of those Bible thumpers. In fact, I, you know, at the time, I didn't know a lot about the Bible, but I just, I don't know, the Lord prepares you in so many interesting ways that uh, this particular time was one where I had just been reading some stuff because I was sort of struggling through this sure. about who is Jesus and who is he to me and why should I care? Right. Right. And that's how I discovered that there was a hole in my heart that could only be filled by Jesus. Right. But I actually started reading some stuff and th- thought, well, does, does the scripture, which this girl reads, does it tell us? That Jesus is God. Oh yeah, right. Does it does it describe Jesus as divine? Yep. And while some people might think, well, not directly, mm-hmm. I actually found several references that were direct mm-hmm. that you can't read them any other way. Right. And first and foremost is is the beginning of the Gospel of John. Right. The very first verse. The word. Right. Exactly. Word with a capital W. Exactly. And, and we read from the Gospel of John, in the beginning was the Word. And again, Word is capital W. Mm-hmm. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. You know, we talk about the light of Christ, mm-hmm. right? We talk about this. Then, then John goes on to, um, to talk about John the Baptist mm-hmm. pointing the way. Mm-hmm. And then a few verses later in the 14th verse of the first chapter of the Gospel of John says these words, And the word became flesh mm-hmm. and dwelt among us, full of grace and truth. We have beheld his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father. Mm-hmm. But again... Pretty clear. John is telling us that the word, this word, by the way, you know, when we speak a word, mm-hmm. where does it come out of? Right? It comes out of our mouth. Right. It's breathed out. Mm-hmm. Air carries the, the sound out of our mouths. Mm-hmm. And so we often talk about the breath of God. Mm-hmm. Right? And sometimes when people will think about the Holy Spirit, but the very breath of God, what is breathed from him is the word of God. Mm-hmm. And so Jesus is breathed. Mm-hmm. Right is the breath of God is the word of God the very word of God that which is of God mm-hmm. and it says the word was God mm-hmm. not that the word was a product of God that the word was created by God mm-hmm. the word was God 
So we know that Scripture is telling us that Jesus is God. And then right. that word took flesh and dwelt among us, right. which begins this whole great mystery mm-hmm. of the second person of the of the Trinity, mm-hmm. right? The divine uh, person of Jesus, mm-hmm. second person of the Trinity, right? And, and it's just this idea that Jesus is of the Father. Mm-hmm. And we see uh, in John chapter 5, this was why the Jews, this is verse 18, this was why the Jews sought all the more to kill him because he not only broke the Sabbath, but also called God his Father, making himself equal with God. Right. So they recognized that was the big deal. Oh, that was huge. the blaspheming. Right, right. You know, and then a lot of people say, well, you know, that's what John would say about Jesus. But did Jesus ever call himself God? Right? And that's what we start thinking, well, wait, did he? I am the way, yeah. the truth, and the life. Well, he did say that. Right. Which would still be... Um, yes, said I am. That's right, and that's the one we we're going to talk about. Right. I knew several, it. I, several. I gave you enough string, you'd, you know, I'd you'd get, get there. Yeah. Right. And so it says it several times. Exactly right. And if we look at, um, if you look at, uh, let's see, John chapter eight, verse fifty-eight. Jesus said to them, "Truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am." Big words. Those are huge words, too. And we see them, they're capitalized. Those are scandalous words. They were at the time. Yeah. Because they believed that if he said that, then certainly he was blaspheming. Exactly. If he wasn't God. And we agree that if, if he was not God and he said the words, I am. Mm-hmm. And, of course, we know he's hearkening back to the third chapter of Exodus when Moses is standing in front of the burning bush and says, oh, by the way, burning bush. Who do I say you, you are? Know, who are you? When I go back and tell everybody I met God, right. wh- what name do I give them? And I he am. said, I am that I am. Right. Right. Which, it, which from the Hebrew helps us to understand that, that God always was, mm-hmm. always is, and always will be. Mm-hmm. That he is eternity. He is the uncreated creator. Mm-hmm. Right. And so now Jesus dare speak those words. And if you look in, in your Bibles, if you look at John chapter 8, verse 58, you'll see that the words I am are in all caps. Right. Just like, like in the Old Testament. In and caps. we see the, the, the word Lord, mm-hmm. because that is actually, we put the word Lord there because you didn't dare pronounce the name of God. It was unspeakable, mm-hmm. right? And so you'd see this capital L-O-R-D, mm-hmm. which would then be um, another way. We, we, knew, we knew that when we saw that, we knew that they were referring to the name of God, right? the holy and sacred name of God. So when we see the words I am in all caps in our New Testament in John chapter 8, we realize that Jesus is, that's, I am is one of the names of God. Right. It's one of the, the, the seven names of God that the Hebrews believe in, which you didn't speak, and Jesus spoke those. Right. And everybody, of course, freaks out. Yeah. Right. Everyone goes crazy. Hey, you can't do that. Right. 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 So Jesus himself said that he, that he was. But then there's also all this stuff where Jesus would say, um, in John chapter 10, he said, I and the father are one, mm-hmm. you know, that that's, that's very telling. Yeah. That's a big deal. And then another one I always wanted to mention, I like is, um, things that we don't often hear explicitly, but we start to realize that based on how something plays out, it tell, tells us something very deep about mm-hmm. Jesus in the 20th chapter after Jesus has resurrected, right? 20th chapter of John mm-hmm. and He's there, and finally Thomas gets to see him because Thomas said, I don't, I'm not going to believe any of this stuff till I stick my hands in his side. Right. Right. Touch, touch the touch. nail marks. Right. Right. 
And so then Jesus, then he, Jesus said to Thomas, put your finger here and see my hands and put out your hand and place it in my side. Do not be faithless, but believing. Tom, Thomas answered him, my Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, have you believed because you've seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. Now, if Jesus was not God, he was a teacher. He would have told him that. He would have said, oh, don't confuse me with God. Right. I don't want you to make that mistake. Don't call me God. That'd be blasphemous. Right. Instead, he accepts the title. Right. Right. And so when you look at that, you go, oh, okay. So the scriptures tell us that Jesus is God. Yeah. Quite clearly. Mm -hmm. They don't don't bandy about. Maybe it's not said in the vernacular English the way that we'd want it expressed to us, Mm -hmm. like like a commentary would. But this is why the church has always taught that Jesus is God. Right. This is why um, always we've understood Jesus to be divine. Mm-hmm. Now, what we're going to come to next, right after we take a little break. Yes, sir. How do we deal with this divinity slash humanity? Let's talk about that a little bit because mine might go. My, minds will be blown. Oh, yeah. Can't right. Wait. If we try to wrap ourselves around it totally. Absolutely. And to some degree, we can't. But before we do that, before we blow everyone's mind. <laughs> I want to remind everyone at home, we've got a great website, www.thecatholiccafe.com. But also, I'd love for you to send me an email. Send it to Deacon Jeff at thecatholiccafe.com. And with that, we'll be right back. I'm Bess Drzemski, and this is another great moment in church history. Throughout history, Catholics have contributed greatly to the development of society, promoting government based upon justice and the dignity of the human person. One prime example of a great church statesman was Stephen Langton, the Archbishop of Canterbury. Born in 1150 in Lincolnshire, England, Stephen studied theology in Paris. His piety and love of God won him the respect of other clerics, including the future Pope Innocent III. He was elevated to Archbishop of Canterbury in 1207. At that time in church history, the books of the Bible were not subdivided. Typically written in scrolls, the only separation would be a space at the end of each line of sacred text. Archbishop Langton divided the books of the Bible into chapters so they could be more easily referenced and studied. These chapter divisions are the ones still used today. With a strong personal devotion to the Holy Spirit, Archbishop Langton is also credited with authoring the prayer, Vini Spiritus Sanctus, or Come Holy Spirit, which is often part of the liturgy at Pentecost. This love of the scriptures and devotion to the Holy Spirit guided Archbishop Langton to have a profound impact upon the development of human rights. At that time in England, there was a great political crisis as the reigning King John had rescinded several of the rights granted to barons by his predecessor, King Henry I. Archbishop Langton led a group of barons in a struggle against the king. Furious with the archbishop's actions, the king declared anyone who followed the archbishop a public enemy. But the clergy of England, as well as the pope, were fully supportive of Archbishop Langton. Several negotiations occurred among the parties to try and secure the rights of barons against the king. Ultimately, in 1215, Archbishop Langton led a council of churchmen in Westminster, which drafted the Magna Carta, 
the first great statement of individual liberties, which was ultimately signed by King John. This great statement of rights is the forerunner of other codifications of rights, including the Bill of Rights, which is part of the American Constitution. Archbishop Langton should serve as an example to Catholics in our modern day to study the scriptures, seek the guidance of the Holy Spirit, and stand up to oppressive governments to protect the rights of all persons. I'm Bester Zimski, and this is another great moment in church history. Welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. Here's Deacon Jeff. And we're back in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff sitting here with my buddy Tom Dorian. Love that tune, by the way. Oh, yeah. It's a Coming in out of the segments. Those are, I love it. Yeah, okay. I'm weird like that. Well, all that said, let's continue down this path let's. of who is Jesus. Yes. And so we know that Jesus is divine. He's I am. He, I am, mm-hmm. right? And so I am that I am. I am... Uh, I've always been, I always am, and I always will be. It, it, the sense of eternity. Now and, comes the hard part. Well, it, it, exactly. And, and I guess I would start to talk about the hard part because if you look at the the witness of our church history, you see that it's been hard. Oh, yeah. It's it's funny. Um, a lot of times a lot, a lot, a lot of people of don't realize. This. Well, there's, there's a lot of folks. Yeah, even Santa Claus punched somebody in the nose because of it. I know. But uh, a lot of folks don't realize that every Sunday and every holy day when they go to Mass and they recite the, the, the Nicene Constantinopolitan Creed, mm-hmm. they never really stop and sort of like count words. Mm-hmm. But if you stop and think about it, did you ever wonder why the first part of the Creed where it talks about, I believe in one God, the Father Almighty. It's pretty succinct. Ever, very short. For, yeah. That's God the Father. And the next section is a little, a lot longer. Way actually. longer, right? In the Holy Spirit section. I believe is, in the Lord Jesus, in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, born of the Father, before all He's God from God, life from life, true after begotten of Me. Through Him all things are for us. It's like it just goes on and on and on about Jesus, right? Right. Then it comes to the Holy Spirit. I believe in the Holy Spirit. Oh yeah, I believe in the Holy Spirit. <laughs> right. A little shorter. Again, just four lines. And then we talk about uh, believing in one Holy Catholic and Apostolic Church. Right. But the point is, the longest part of the creed is focused on who is Jesus. Yeah. Right? And it's important if we stop and think, well, why is that? We just look at church history and realize that there were all kinds of heresies going on. Oh, yeah. People in the church, we had priests and bishops, right, who were struggling to understand and to explain who he was. Who is this Jesus? Or who he is, excuse me. Exactly. Who is this Jesus? Right. And... Because so many heresies, right? One of the big ones uh, was the Arian heresy, and that's uh, the, uh, it was a priest named Arius, and 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 his whole deal was that he, he said that uh, Jesus was the most excellent creation of God, that Jesus was a creature, mm-hmm. or he was created by God, that that no, he had no divinity, that he had well, he had similar substance, right? And and so he was he was saying he was that they similar, were more divine than he was, human. but he was created. That God created. It'd be okay. like God cutting his arm off and saying, poof, now, that yeah. arm is Jesus. Right. It, it's, and, and there were similarities, but it was, it's not the same as saying one God. Right. That there was no one God concept. And, 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 and you know what? Priest is long, uh, this priest, Arius, is long dead. 
Yeah. And you don't want to keep trampling on the poor guy. <laughs> no. But he made a big boo-boo and started, yeah. and he just got a little haughty and started teaching all this stuff. And the church had to get together. And that's where that Council of Nicaea came. Right. And that was one of the big heresies it was answering was because Arianism had taken off. Right. And there were there were lots of discussions they, they about who is Jesus. His nature. Which, out of that that uh, beautiful council comes this creed that we, right. we say. Now, it was also amended a little bit in uh, a, a few years later in mm-hmm. Constantinople. And that at that council, that's why I call it the Nicene Constantinopolitan Creed, which big words, but essentially it's attributing that Easy creed. Easy for you to say. Not always. But spell it. It, it actually connects uh, this creed to those times. And so we look at that and go, now I understand why. We had to go through all this, and there's like, what, 20 lines in that creed that are attributed to Jesus Christ to help us understand who this was. Right. And we all had to agree on this because there were guys that uh, there was like this heresy called adoptionism where Jesus was adopted by God at his baptism. There were people Mm -hmm. that believed that, right? Mm -hmm. Then um, docetism, Jesus did not have a true human body that actually it was Simon of Cyrene that was was actually crucified. Mm -hmm. You know, and so that... That, you know, we understand that, that, that from that, that matter is wicked. Jesus only appeared to be human, mm-hmm. right? And then there was another um, uh, uh, a bishop, uh, Apollinarius. Mm-hmm. You know, he's a bishop, no less, mm-hmm. who was saying that, well, it denied that Jesus had a human soul. Mm. And so it's like there's all these questions about who is Jesus? Help me understand. And, you know, in 2,000 years later, the uh, the, the famous words of Sister Mary, whoever, it's a mystery, you know, that's there, there's, there's great wisdom right. in not trying to define certain things, right? Because once we define, we now have, I would say to a certain degree control over, right? It's, it's bounded by a little box that mm-hmm. we've created in a definition. Mm-hmm. And so I always tell people, if you can define God, I would run from that God. Yeah, no kidding. I don't want a God that I can define because that makes him essentially less than human. Right. Unless you define him as a mystery, which that's, you know, we're playing with words at that point. But the reality is there is a there is a mystery to the Trinity. Right. And there is a mystery to this concept and the understanding that Jesus is fully God mm-hmm. and yet fully human. Mm-hmm. And you think, well, wouldn't that make him 200 percent? You know, with, uh, with the math whizzes out there. <laughs> don't com- don't confuse me with the with the numbers. It's again, it's a mystery. Right. But we cannot. We cannot. Um, take Jesus's humanity to its extreme mm-hmm. or his divinity to its extreme. And that's, that's where living with this mystery, it's a challenge, huge, but it's something that we've done for 2000 years and something that is done because God essentially ordained it to be done. Yeah. Right. I mean, just the very, very fact that Jesus came to us in the concept of the incarnation, the fact that Jesus is presented to us as man mm-hmm. and God. Mm-hmm. This is important, and we can't ever forgive that. Forget that we can't we can't deny his humanity, which some of those heresies did. Mm-hmm. But we also can't de- deny his divinity. Right. I mean, and, and it's important for us to understand that Jesus has a human soul. He's got human knowledge. He's got a human will, a human body, and a human heart. Mm-hmm. I mean. He's a human. He's he's like us in all ways except for sin. Right. Right? Because he has a perfect will. Right. And and, and, he, and he's divine. So he's got that divinity, the, the divine will, as well as the human will. And you start to realize that inherent in Jesus 
is is perfection, the highest um, that we would ever be able to want to attain, which we will never attain to be God, right? right? However, we can partake of that divine nature when mm. we receive Holy Communion. Right. That's why Holy Communion is so special to us. Yeah. Because we are actually touching the face of God right. when we receive him physically, mm-hmm. body, blood, soul, and divinity in the Eucharist. Mm-hmm. But it's important for us always to remember. Well, tell me this, Tom. I'll just ask you this way. How, I mean, is it important for you in life to have, like, friends, people to walk with? Oh, yeah. I mean, what is it that you like about that? What is it that is good about having a friend? Oh, it fulfills you. You're able to fulfill them. You both grow. you got somebody to lean on in hard times. you got somebody to... You know, pick up if they're having a hard time. And and what a friend we have in Jesus, right? The exactly. Old, the old gospel hymn. And it's important for us to understand that Jesus is our friend. Right. And so that humanity, this is what's so cool. You can't sit there and say that Jesus is only divine, right? You, you can't look and fix and focus that Jesus is up there, that he's untouchable, he's unreachable. Right. You, you can't get there from here. He is up there, but then also... He humbled himself, taking the form of a slave. Right. Right. And he was born in the flesh. Right. That God took on flesh. Right. And he became flesh for us, Mm -hmm. which later we find out is the flesh. My flesh is the flesh for the life of the world. Right. And we understand the importance of his being enfleshed, that God being enfleshed. But so we don't want to look at Jesus as somebody who's unapproachable. Mm-hmm. And yet we don't want to strictly look at Jesus as someone who is, he's just my buddy. He's my pal. Right. I walk along with him. He walks along with me. Right. You know, we tell, we tell jokes to each other and hang out. Well, that's nice. Right. And like you said, in, in friends, but imagine a friend that you had, Tom, that, that, you know, you could lean on, you could hang out with, and you could mm-hmm. drink a few beers with, and you could just mm-hmm. chat with. But that friend could also strike you dead with a bolt of lightning. <laughs> right? <laughs> Be kind of a different kind of yeah. relationship, wouldn't it? Now, You're I'm not saying that Jesus <laughs> is going to strike us dead with a bolt of lightning. Right. Now, he is our the just judge, and he will judge everyone at the end of time. Right. Right. That will be the, the day of judgment. He will sit on the throne of judgment. That's what Jesus will do. And right. so, yes, I suppose he could strike us dead with a bolt of lightning. But yeah. it's just that understanding that awesome power that is Jesus, mm-hmm. that's what's important. Right. At the same time, understanding that we are his, do- his adopted brothers and sisters, that he loves us like a brother, but he also loves us with that spirit of divinity and gives us strength right. that comes from his father. How beautiful. It is beautiful. Understanding that then, understanding that right relationship of who Jesus is. Who is Jesus? He is God, and he is your friend. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for all the gifts you've given us, especially the gift of your Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Father, we know that our world is calling out for a Savior. Help us to see in Jesus his divinity as Lord of Lords and King of Kings, but help us also to see in Jesus a brother and friend who walks beside us daily as we journey ever closer to eternity with you in heaven. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send an email to deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association and is broadcast with ecclesial permission from J. Terry Stive, Bishop of Memphis in Tennessee. Join us again at the Catholic Cafe. There's always room for one more at our table.